This podcast is sponsored by Shredlights. Shredlights make the most versatile flashlights in the world. They can be easily attached to any EUC, skateboard, bike, helmet, scooter, one wheel, and much, much more. These pocket-sized lights pack a ton of power in a small form factor to go where other lights can't. They are rider-owned and operated and known for industry-leading customer support with 25,000 riders around the world who trust their products for their daily riding. So please check out this sponsor in the description below for a discount and to support this podcast. Small caveat, guys. Once again, we were having some struggles with the video. I think from now on in the new year, I'm going to be trying a different uh, video method for capturing the video. Um, so obviously it's working here, but uh, unfortunately on this one, there's just some audio. But I assure you, it's still a great, fun podcast, just no video to go with it. So if you're listening on Spotify, obviously this doesn't apply to you or any other audio platform. But if you're on YouTube, I apologize. It's kind of where we're at. Um, I'm a one-man show, but it'll be solved in 2021. I assure you of that. So please enjoy Sean Lin. You know, these wheels could do 45 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour. But the thing that's most incredible about these wheels is the fact that they can do that but they can also do two miles an hour behind somebody. Like I can ride at a walking pace yeah. behind another person fun, on a sidewalk and not feel out of place. Mm -hmm. It's that social like kind of interaction between people that you can immediately tell. If you try to ride even an electric bike right down the sidewalk, if there's Everyone a mom with a baby carriage, and you can look at her right in the eye. You can see exactly the threat level that you pose. Yeah, you're you're a nuisance for sure. Welcome back, everybody, to the Evolution Podcast. My name is Mickey, and today with me I have Sean Lin, which no one knows how to say your name ever. I think you have to give us a real like. How do your parents like? What are they real? Don't lie to me. Like, what do they call you when you were first born? <laughs> Not, not like what they call you now. <laughs> why would that, why would I lie about it? That would. Um, well, I think you lied just to make life simple for like dumb people and for yourself. I, you know, I think it's it's actually the opposite. I lied to make things more interesting. I, I like the look of confusion as they look at my nan and <laughs> and they try to figure out what is the polite thing to read it, and they inevitably still end up with something just absolutely atrocious. But that's. You know, I think that makes things interesting. <laughs> okay, but you can clarify now. So I know you tell everyone call you Sean, but like every white person I know goes, "No, that ain't how you, that ain't how you say that." <laughs> it's it's funny because um, you know, it, see you, you you're gonna see me trying to avoid answering this question now for precisely for the reason that before because um, it, it, it's it's people actually call me different things depending on which stage of my life had been. Like, all my high school friends call me Lin, and mm. all my college friends call me Cheyenne, which is also <laughs> the name of a killer whale in, yeah, in, yeah. in Chicago, uh, because a professor made that mistake when first day of class. I and figured there was something like that. So, you know, and then after that, all of my post-college friends call me Sean, and that's usually what I tell people, because... That like you know the sense of relief come over them when they are like oh Sean, but you're making everyone's <laughs> life difficult because when I talk to someone else like here in New York and I go oh 
interesting you brought that up. I was talking to Sean the other day about the same thing, and he had this to say, and they go, huh, huh? who's Sean? And then I go, Hassan, Hassan, and I say something very weird, and they go, oh, yeah, that guy. The, uh, so for the longest time, I was working on this, uh, this project, and I, you know, I had a really close relationship with a contractor. And, and one day, he was just like, you know, Sean, you're a really cool guy. But I gotta say, you know, you you got you your coworker, his sound, whatever. I don't know what his how to read his, but he always send these nasty emails. Can you just tell him to like kind of calm down? <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't correlate it. No, no, there was there was he didn't he did not correlate it. Wow, <laughs> it was an all kind of an awkward explanation that go with it. Man, well, I think I think it's still. It, it, albeit easier, it does cause uh, still a bit of confusion no matter what. But if you guys don't know, Sean has a YouTube channel, which I think the channel is just you, your name. So it's uh, Sean Lin um, on YouTube. And uh, so, yeah, that probably makes it easier for those people to say it instead of trying to pronounce it. But for I think until I made that video of the speed board, um, when I put, like, this is actually how you pronounce his name, a lot of, like, the top comments were like, wait, what? Really? I've been saying all kinds of wild things before that. Um, Sean also, well, not also, but mainly his channel is dedicated to electric unicycles like myself. Um, you've been doing it a lot longer than me, though. Like, how many years have you been at it? Oh, my God. Um, I guess I've been... It, see, no, I don't feel like it's been that long. I've been doing it for a little bit more than, like, two... I think my very first uni video was, like, two and maybe half a years ago like okay. like i started i guess it's been two and a half years because like the first wheel i got which was the ips i5 the best unicycle ever made no <laughs> by the way it just gets weird when you talk to the camera oh is it just talk to me all right i i'm just <laughs> I, I i don't know what to look at yeah it's okay it's all good. This is like this is like the video conferencing thing where they ask you to like look in. You're supposed to look at the little dot that is. The yeah, this is easier than your name. You just hang out with me and talk. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So I. So maybe two two and a half years. Uh, you've been doing it. Yes. Um, and if you guys don't watch this channel, I would say that it's a very um, sort of like like in the best way. I, 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 if you don't like this sort of thing, that's not where I'm going with this, but I do. If you like watching like a good PBS documentary that gives you a timeline of events and is intriguing with the information that you're being hit with, I like to think that your channel is a lot of that. I think there's it's always chalked full of so much information in the best way. You know, like we like like I said, I enjoy downloading stuff and and a lot of times it's historical somewhat in nature. So I figured we could kind of talk about a little bit of that just just take a journey. This is sort of the last podcast of the year. So like, let's take a journey through what you know, at least, because um, I think it's more than what I know of like, where did this crazy electric unicycle thing start? And then let's just try to figure out, come to where we are today. And then we'll kind of pontificate on what we think it's, the future will be. It, this is a really like the electric unicycle is really a very, very, very strange thing because I it, it's, it just has the most bizarre history, and also, it's the it, it you know it has a strange genesis, and also the way that it have evolved into what it is, is also not the typical you know, 
inventing stories like in, for the longest time like the, the the thing that we all like knew, know now like whenever there's a product this mic or you know like anything like it's usually you have an inventor you know here or wherever he has this idea like okay i'm gonna i want to you know make this you know really cool gadget you know he goes he like come up with a prototype work on it in his garage and then finally he got something working really well mm -hmm. and then he go find like people who can you know willing to kind of fund him and then once he has that then he go find like a partner that can actually produce this thing right and then he goes and, and produce it and then he goes market sells it and this and that but that is not really how the electric unicycle come into being or at least in its original form it did have an evaluation like evolution like its origin is like that but somewhere in the middle it kind of went sideways like it it started with a segway and segway and, and and the story as i have heard was that segway was making um Wheel, motorized wheelchairs. Dean Kamen was the inventor behind Segway, and mm -hmm. he was making like uh, um, these motorized wheelchair. And one of the things he wanted to do with these wheelchairs that he thought that you know, um, when when someone who's sitting in a wheelchair rolling around, when they talk to someone, they always have to look up. So he thought like, wouldn't it be great if I give these people you know who have to sit in a wheelchair the chance to stand? So he was trying to make a wheelchair that actually stand up. Um, so that's actually where the self-balancing vehicle came from. This sure. concept of a wheelchair that is actually able to stand up on two wheels. The, the, the wheelchair they were making before had four wheels. Um, so he wanted to make this mechanism that allow it to actually stand up and, and balance on two wheels. Um, and then I think it went from there into like a device that can actually climb stairs in addition to mm -hmm. kind of standing mm -hmm. up. Uh, and because of that, um, they, they thought like, you know, the way this mechanism kind of try to self-balance. Uh, so there was a gyro at this point. There was a gyro at this point and this thing self-balanced. But I think like, you know, it was like at first they could only make it self-balance standing still. And then they were trying to make it you know, start to move while self-balancing. And, 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 and like the story I heard was that they said it, it looked like kind of a Ginger Roger, like dancing up and down stairs when it was trying to climb stairs. So the prototype was named Ginger because of it. So they went from there and then they figure out, wait a minute, we're, we made this thing that could self-balance and move someone around, it doesn't have to just be a wheelchair. We can make it so that people can stand on it. And right. this could be like a mobility device. And then they, so they made it. They made a prototype. They had people ride around, you know, on it. And then that's like, the, this is the whole craziness with a Segway. He showed it to all these, you know, like, you know, head of company. Like he famously showed it to, um, to Steve Jobs, who was so apparently impressed that Steve offered to take him under his wing as his um, pupil. Like, he offered to be his mentor, and, you know... I, like, I'm sure there is more to it than just altruism. Like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I'm sure he wanted uh, his talons in, inside of that tech. The thing that I find fascinating was that um, the reason why all of those people thought that the Segway 
was this thing that was absolutely mind-blowing and that it will change the world was also the reason why the EUC is so amazing. Like mm. The only difference being is that Segway, because it's made by a company here in the U.S., and and they need to be perfectly, you know, they, they can't, they, they're afraid of being sued. They have to be complying with all the local jurisdiction and all of that. It was slow. Like they could not make it go faster because if they do. Really? You think that's why it didn't go too fast? So, so supposedly uh, there's a whole thing about how Steve Jobs. Sounds was, like a good cover for just not being good. No, this was a real fast. concern because. Like, um, so when Steve Jobs saw it, he, he, he loved the concept so much that he offered to take the guy under his wing, the, the inventor. I'm surely for no other reason but just altruism. Right. I mean, also, he, he, he's such an ego, you know, dude that he think that, you know. He probably was like, I deserve to have that tech under my company. It also takes a special person to go around to other, like, full-grown adult that are, co- like, head of their company to say, let me be your mentor. <laughs> Special is definitely an interesting choice of words. Right. It's, it's a very curious thing. Um, but I, I, I also read that he had actually sent uh, the guy a memo like, you know, a few months in uh, that says, you know, this is a great concept. But if you ever have a single guy who falls down and hurt himself, that would be the end of your company. And... And I think there was full recognition that this is a very, you know, this is a, it's a danger. It's interesting because a lot of people ask me online, maybe you too, like, I've got it more recently, but like, are EUCs as safe as I think? And I'm like, no. (laughs) Short answer, no. Not, I mean, why else would we wear like full moto gear? Um, I don't know if there's a solve for that, but it's just fascinating you bring that up because it's like, you know, I made a whole video on like, you are going to crash your electric unicycle. It's more of a matter of when. So you should just gear up, you know. Uh, but so this this is probably why a lot of people always ask too, how come there's no American company making this? Uh, it doesn't take a lot of imagination to imagine why, like because of what you just said. Like, right. Like if, if you know, soccer moms are buying it and trying to use it to just roll down the street to the grocery store, which fair, I, I do that. Um, but there's still a chance of just like cut out, like, uh, goodbye. <laughs> Which is like, so this is a very curious thing that I often think about, you know, and I, 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 I think about really, kind of, I don't know. I think about weird things. So indulge me, but, um, oh, we're here to indulge, right? But it, it's like. It's like innovation here in, in the U.S., right? For the longest time, like, American, like, invent everything. Like, just mm-hmm. so much stuff come out of this country. Um, but we have gotten to a point where you can no longer really take any risk. You know, if you take any risk, mm. if something doesn't work out... The amount of liability associated is tremendous. Like a company, like an American company, just can't make. I mean, and and this is the thing. Like the immediate reaction to this is like, of course, like we have to make something safe. Like yeah, we, yeah. everything has to be safe. You know, we can't risk having a single injury. You know, and it's like a concept that does we it, have. Does that bother you? 
No, they want to give people stage. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like it, it's it's a thing that you know that everyone have kind of grown used to the concept of, like you know, in your business, in my business, like the the option to fail is is not really it's 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 not an option. Like it just you know. Everyone assuming that everything has to be perfectly safe and that you have to always work towards that. And if there is a single chance that something could be dangerous, then let's not do that thing. And that is fine, except there are other places in the world where the people are not limited by such constraint. Sure. Who are willing to, um, you know, basically push for progress at any cost. Right, yeah, yeah, which is, of course, China. <laughs> <laughs> there are other places, right? Other places, um, and this is why EUCs are all made in China because it's something like something like this just just could not, and it's just like in some way. Uh, There's it, no way it would have been progressed to where we are today if it was all American made. I mean, for sheer, you know, I am a. I am a fan of capitalism, but there are negative sides too. So anyways, my point is that the sheer looking at uh, future motion, they have one basic, one effective product. They have, by what we can tell, no desire to make something better because they have the patent on it and no one else can make it. And if they try to make it, they sue the pants off of them. <laughs> so it's like that in conjunction with what you're saying about safety like I'm thankful that it's all been made in China so far because otherwise, like I said, we wouldn't have a what we have in house a 3,200 watt hour and a 3,600 watt hour uh, electric unicycle. Right. <laughs> I can't imagine that if it was American made. Like I said, future motions like range is like seven miles. Well, be, well, so future motion. I mean, the speed limit for electric vehicle in the EU is like what 25 kilometer per hour. So that's Something like, like that, 19. Yeah. So that's the speed of, of a one wheel. So just like to me, mm. that is the maximum speed that a liability conscious Western company would ever make a vehicle so that, to go. It, because then you have, okay, you have in motion who make wheels well beyond 25 kilometers an hour. But they, at least recently, I don't know how long they've had it, but they have just dysfunction in their app that says... Uh, just make it comply with my local laws. You just click it, and then it limits your speed, which is like actually pretty Western of them. If you really think about it, it's just like oh, it's like we have cars. Like your car, if you own a car out there, you, your car probably hits a hundred at least, depending on what you like a Camry or whatever you have. Right. Maybe eighty at, at worst is like the top speed. But the top speed on any highway in America is not eighty. Well, maybe, but you know what I mean. Like you can't go a hundred, a hundred fifty. You can't do that in America. So they make them well capable of right. more and they just we have local laws that said you just you just can't do it um but yeah it's funny that they and then the other side of that is gotway um and i guess king song too that make vehicles way beyond whatever local laws um and just don't care to put a limiter in it it's just up to you well i guess you kind of can't limit them your own on, on in the app but in general mm -hmm. Of all of them, Gotway has no bones about it. They, they don't care. They're just making the fastest of the fast of the fast. Well, and also the other thing you have to realize is that this is a very recent phenomenon for EUCs. Like, yeah, of it's course. It's not a, you know, like if you look like... When we started, people just wanted to kind of glide around, 
right? That, that term still is around. Like, I just like to glide on my wheel. I'm like, <laughs> glide? Bro, I'm trying to smash my face into the pavement. I don't, I don't know about you. <laughs> and, th- and this is the thing that I find, like, kind of really interesting because, like, you know, if you look like, you know, p- people who have been, you know, riding at EUC, you know, for, for more than, you know, like four or five years, like, they early on, like, you're, you, you really deal with, you know, wheels that have, like, you know, like you, you, like I seen some of these early review videos where you like, if you ride a, like if you like drop down a curb, the thing cut cut out. I remember watching you know? Chooch videos. Shout out to Chooch. <laughs> uh, his videos were like with earlier Gotways, like a, I think he had an M Super V2 or something like that, where he was riding somewhere like Denver, wherever he lives. And you know those the little part of a sidewalk where it ends and meets the street that's like yellow with little bumps. He hit that and it cut out. I mean, it wasn't even like a curb. And he was just like, dang, Gotway. <laughs> so people who get into it now, they really have no clue where this all kind of started. Yeah, it's it's a really... it's it, So I feel like, you know, like the capability of what these wheels are able to do are moving, are advancing at such a fast pace that, you know, I feel like... So the people who, um, you know, who were riding these... And, you know, their idea of what it is they're looking for in, in an electric unicycle is very different than someone who, like, got into it, you know, from three years ago mm-hmm. versus someone who got into it from, like, this year. Which is sad because I, I get messages all the time from people saying, hey, I found this uh, E+, Plus mm-hmm. and it's, like, 50 bucks. Should I buy it? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, oh, I don't understand. It's a great deal. I'm like, that's a supreme deal if it was... They don't get that, like, that tech back then, which was only, like, five years ago or whatever, that's like a horse and buggy. <laughs> compared. So you're like, listen, I could buy a Toyota Camry for 10000 8000 but for 50 bucks, I can get a horse and buggy. What you think, Mickey? It's like, uh, I think you probably want the car. <laughs> right. It, it's, it's it like, something from, like, anything more than three years ago is... is, is it's unsafe tech, if we're honest. Right. It's, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know, because, again, I started, like, two and a half years ago, so anything before my time, I wouldn't know anything about, but, uh, you know, based from what I have heard, which is mostly from my friend Chris, who hates everything, so I don't know whether or not I should take it with a grain Shout of salt. Shout out to Grumpy Cat, <laughs> who definitely does not listen to this. No, no chance. But send it to him. If you guys know him, send him a link yeah, to Yeah, exactly. Remind him. Just say, oh, I heard Sean said this about you. Yeah, you yeah. make it. it seem like we were talking crap about him. And then let him, he'll definitely, he'll be told dive in. He'll secretly, like, I don't care, but he'll secretly listen. And if, you, if you're listening now, Chris, I apologize. Now you're like, dang it, they wasted my time. <laughs> um, but yeah. and uh, uh, But, you know, even like this year, I would say, like, all the negative reaction, like this is the thing, right? Like with the EX, and I and and, and I just saw like Adam. Um, I can never say this Adam. I have still Who? a little bit um, wrong way. Shout out to wrong way. You can't Adin. say the word Adam. Adam. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's weird for you. Yeah, it's weird that's for fascinating. Me. The Adam and and the word. So word you keep squirrel. you keep putting an end at the an end at the end. Adam. Yeah, I can't a, say a, a damn. Adam. Can Adin. you say a damn? He'll accept Adin. that. <laughs> damn, like like damn it. A damn, Adam. See, that's Adam. Just say a damn. He'll accept it. All right, let's move on before people get really bored. <laughs> uh, but like, I just saw his review, and like, you know, he like there was this section where he was talking about how 
terrible the shell was. And he just kind of grabbed the headlight and he just pulled and the thing just comes off. Was it an MSP or something? No, it was the EX. Oh, right. And, um, and, and, you know, and everyone, and then the trolley handle is terrible, and there's it's all like three D printed, basically. Right, exactly. It's all this thing that's terrible, and like people are just like, "Oh, this is so unacceptable for for a wheel this price." But like literally, the only reason why we are disgruntled and feel like this should be fixed or it can be fixed is because like the Sherman exists as a thing. Like all the way up until like I need like one of those sparkling eye sounds, bing. <laughs> right. right like all the way up until like, you know, veteran came on, on, on onto the market. Like we all just dealt with it. We we're just like, this is oh, this God is way just Godway. Yeah. Godway, just how it is. If you want a fast wheel, you just have to deal with all this problem. You have to deal with the shell. You have to put something on it to protect it. It is just how it is, and Dude, you never I, think about I it. I put together, when I got it from Jason, I put together right here on this floor the Monster Pro and the EX, uh, yeah, EXN together. And, like, I'm putting it together, and I'm just, like, noticing internally some things are okay. Like, the control board looks a little bit better on, like, the Monster Pro and stuff. But, like, it just feels disheartening. Maybe it's because we're just in it too far. But you're just like, is it really still just made it? Small example is... Like the batteries in both of them, the battery packs, the the cable comes out like one of the corners, right? It always comes out one of the corners. Okay, fine. Maybe that's that's appropriate. But the shell does not make room for that. It's mm-hmm. like they designed the shell not knowing that that cable was going to come out right there. And there's literally like a pinch point on all these, these both these wheels where that cable that comes out of it is like at a pinch point. There's It has to be. It's just like, what? There, How did you not just like cut out a little bit of your shell to make room for this? Like my favorite example is the the pedal um, on the on the Sherman. Um, mm. So every single Gotway pedal have these two little plastic uh, spacer. Right. And you know every time you pull 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 out the rod that holds the pedal, the spacer go flying in. You have to go look for Can't it. Can't find and they it. Lose yeah. And this it falls, and that. It falls inside the wheel. It's somewhere. like a pain in the rear end thing. And and Sherman just have those little two bump built into the pedal. So you never have to worry about the spacer. It's just like you just take the pedal off. And it's just like, so So for me, you know, because, again, I, 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 I'm a designer. I think about these things. And, you know, it's just like I, I know how the process work. And it's two completely different set of mentality. One in which this guy see this problem every day, but he does not fix it. He'd go through this. I mean, the, the people at Gotway, they install these pedals like hundreds and thousands of times. Well, they're just factory workers, the people who install it. it, it the whole process is is integrated. It's together. Like if It's if, like grandmas putting together King songs, if you've seen the behind the scenes. Of these. I'm not kidding. They're wearing like little you know Chinese sandals that you would buy here mm-hmm. in Chinatown that are made of like mesh. Right. They're wearing it on the factory floor, putting these things together. I like to imagine they're paid at least minimum wage. Right. I like to imagine that. <laughs> but um but yeah, I mean, you know, it no, the the guy who's actually building the wheel may not talk to the guy who's designing the wheel, but that's also part of the problem because right. it's this these things should be integrated. The, the biggest thing I noticed when I got the the M Super Pro back in the day when it was before it when it just I was I had the first one. It came in the mail. I put it together. The pedals 
the I can never say the tetrahedral angle or whatever it is of the pedals. One Gotway is obviously more pronounced, but no joke, it was like 15 degrees. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone online, for whatever, was like, oh, you're dumb. That's how they are. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I, I have a Gotway. I, I know what they're like. And this is not correct. But the point is, it, it was way off. And then I had to shave them down like a whole like half an inch for it to work. And, and Marty finally got it. I was like, whoa, dude, this is crazy. But the point is like, they're sending me a demo wheel to do a video review on. No one just like flipped them open. You would have saw it. You know what I mean? It was that pronounced. You would have been like, oh, I don't think that's right. Or like, I would, it's a sample wheel. Dude, get, ride it around your backyard, Gotway. Like let, before, before you send it off to where like, I, I obviously like let that go because I understand that that's like a oversight and not so much a reflection on, on that wheel per se. That was like, okay, that's an issue. I do let like Jason know behind the scenes, like, hey, this is really bad. And, but like, I, I could have just been like, what the heck is this? You know what I mean? I mean, it's to me, I'm like, okay, an oversight is an oversight because you don't really care about this thing. There are things that are really great with Godway wheels, the right quality being like the thing that we all kind of love. Mm-hmm. This is why a lot of people ride Godways because. You know, the, the, the feeling, the performance, and, and like more than just the performance, even the motor feel like when you lean on a Godway wheel, like the feedback it gives you, the amount mm. of like power that, you you know, like it's it's completely different than something than, than, than you know, King Song, you know, or Emotion. Um, and it's different from even a Sherman. So I remember it was 16X to Nikola, right? My 100 volt. As soon as I stepped, the one that I finally purchased, as soon as I stepped on it. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I felt it too with Chris's when I borrowed his, but you can just feel there's like a lot. It's a ridiculous way to think of it. I felt like the, like the magnets were wound tight. You know, like you could feel the power just in the small bit of two mile an hour takeoff. You're like, oh, there's something right. else going on here. And it's just like, this is, it's a, this is a huge, huge part of riding. Like, especially these guys in New York that push the wheel to the very limit, they know their motor, like, you know, really well. They know, like, they, you know, Chris liked to talk about how he, like, lean it just so that it starts to dip a little bit. Like, they know, like, that motor feel. Like, that yep. is absolute. Like, this this is why a lot of these MSX, you know, rider would never switch because they know, like, that feel yeah, yeah, yeah. so well that that's what they want. And they're, they're willing to deal with any kind of problem. Everything else they can fix, they can deal with just to get that. And to a certain extent, like, I mean, I feel like that's the way Gotway think. They think the same way. They just say, okay, I'm going to, you know, focus my effort onto making this motor and making, like, you know, the other thing, like, you know, like, you know, a lot of people talk about range and then battery size. The other thing that battery size is critical is that, you know, it gives you a lot more headroom. Like the performance of an electric unicycle yeah. comes from a combination between the motor and the battery. So if you have a big battery, you know, so like for instance, the S18, the problem with that, you know, smaller battery is not only that you have less range, but also because you have less capability for the motor to draw on. So there's, there's less headroom. There's less headroom. So there's more possibility if you really push that wheel that it will cut out. So King Song, if you're listening, next year I propose you do the S18 again, a little less sleek, um, 2,000 watt hours uh, or something close to it, maybe eight, 1850, 1845, something like that, 100 volt. 
that would be the most killer off-road wheel for these guys who like to jump stuff in the Midwest and the West Coast. Like, that would be a killer. That's I think for me the S18, as I said in my video, was like the best uh, suspension you see. The only thing it lacked was the capability to hold you. You know, we saw guys here in New York who were just like msx riders hop on it to just test it out and cut it out like 10 feet down the street because <laughs> they just like pushed it too hard and that was it yeah because i mean again if you're a regular Galway rider and you're used to the amount of power that you that those motor give you um like as a feedback like it's it's when you write anything else it just feels like paper mache well you started off with an ips5 right what has that been so it's Obviously, we, we jumped a little bit. We went from wheelchair to MSX, but it's okay. Uh, so really quickly before we get to the IPS5. So we went from wheelchair to them realizing, oh, we can make this move. And it's fascinating that we can make people balance upright. So then we got a Segway. Apple wanted in on the Segway, right? And then eventually, how did we get to the, the one-wheeled version? Oh, so, um, so Segway was a flop when it was launched. Uh, but they, you know, they kind of try to, you know, they try to make, I feel like a lot of company does this when their product failed to catch the public's imagination. They're like, oh, this is, this is for commercial use. And then they right. try to hit the corporate because, you know, then you can charge more money and justify it. And that may not work. But either case, they were just kind of crawling along. Um, and then here's where things kind of get a little bit murky for me. Um, I know Shen Chen, who started Solo Wheels. Um, Shane Chen is a very prominent figure in this space. Yes, he he is. So he started Solo Wheel. Um, I think I, I don't recall the exact year. So don't did quote he, me. Did he invent the unicycle? He I. Well, okay. You An have to be very careful about it because they were prior arts. They were prior example of people who made electric unicycle. He was not the first one. He was the first one to file a patent. So he's like Edison. That described electric unicycle. However, the difference between him and Edison is that Edison filed a patent that described a light bulb in its entirety. And based on my understanding, and I'm not a patent attorney, Shen Chen's patent described an electric unicycle, but the patent itself is only for the pads on the electric unicycle. It's weird that you say that. There's a lot of controversy, especially with Grumpy Cat, of all people, on this topic, because now, just to jump forward again for a second, Gotway has recently felt the heat from Sherman, mm -hmm. from, from the veteran, or from the veteran Sherman. Uh, I always do that. <laughs> it's so close. Um, and they're trying to sue... So they got the patent from Shane Chen. We'll, I'm like, we'll come back and go lead up to this. But they got the patent from Shane Chen somehow, which is, we'll come back to why that's crazy. Um, and they're trying to sue um, Veteran in such a way that doesn't allow them to productively con conduct business due to the fact that they now own the patent to the EUC, which you're saying is only for the pads, though. Well, that is, again, like, so... So the patent I read um, are the U.S. patent. There's a different set of patent patents in China, and the mm. Chinese patent is, I I believe, what Gateway bought. I don't I don't think Gateway bought the U.S. patent. Okay. 
By the way, if you're listening and you didn't realize this podcast was for super enthusiasts, welcome aboard. <laughs> this is the the nerdy part. Of, this is the yeah the nerdy nerdy uh, <laughs> history of EUCs. So all right, so so he create he had oops he had some level of of ingenuity behind the first one of the very first sort of like produced EUC. Yes, he, he he I th- I think he was the first to produce a commercially, you know, sold EUC. Like the prior example that I have seen were all like homebrew, like people who build an electric unicycle that says, "Oh, look, uh, this is an electric version of unicycle right. and they're able to ride around with it." You know, so prior art exists, which means that he is, you know, this is probably why he was able to file a patent for the entirety of electric unicycle and why he ended up settling on just getting pads. Right. Uh, but either way, he was the one who actually marketed a solo wheel, which is an electric unicycle. Mm. So, and that's why he kind of has been, you know, holding on to that concept, um, which is fine. However, you know, the problem being is that he didn't really run with the concept. Like solo wheel, the last product they sold was more than 10 years old. And, you know, anyone who's contemplating on buying a solo wheel, do not do it. It's it, not and, a, and also because that's, a, it's, we're talking at this point now, we're, we're talking about Kleenex versus tissue thing, because a lot of people come to us and say, is that a solo wheel? And we're super nerds. So we're like, uh, no. Like, and they go, yes, it is. And you're like, no, it's really not. It's an electric unicycle. They go, yeah, yeah, solo wheel. And you're like, <laughs> no, solo wheel is a brand right. or a company. It's this thing is an electric unicycle. And they go, yeah, yeah, solo wheel. <laughs> that or we get uh, one wheel, which actually is a more fair uh, sort of like thing to claim against us. It's like, oh, that's a one wheel. I get that. Um, but anyways, that's like super nerdy. Like that happens to me from time to time. Right. I mean, the, the, you know, either way, like in case if anyone is curious as to why there's no U.S. company that make current generation electric unicycles because Shen Chen owns a patent that he enforced. So he would go after anybody. If you want to build your own electric unicycle and sell it as a product, you're going to get a call from this guy and he's going to tell you. There's got to be a way around it, though. There's got to be. Not that I, I've often said online, I think that, that uh, it would be problematic for a U.S. company to create one successfully. It would be, it'd be very hard, aside from Shane Chen, just like, you know, about safety and keeping people safe. And, um, you know, that that would be a big problem and, and speed laws and all that kind of stuff. And then we'd, but I think that um, it would probably cost like eight grand. I don't think it would. I, I think it just, um, I think I think a viable product could definitely be made. Um, it just, it would just take, you know, like someone need to put in the effort of, of trying to come up with a well, the first, the first rendi- American rendition I think would be overpriced because they'd have to put all this R and D into to making it what it is. I think in a few years maybe it would come down, but at first I think it would just be way more than we're used to paying. That's, I mean, that's my. I, I think like the problem with with the EUC is that it's always a solution that's looking for a problem, you know. Because, and and when I say that, and I I don't mean that it's not solving any problem, but rather that it's we kind of like figure an iPad. Out, the iPad is very different. Like so, you know, from a des, from a design perspective, seems like you love iPad. <laughs> I don't like. I don't. You know, I I'm a hardcore like window. I've seen person. your home office. I've seen it. 
<laughs> but I went to the iPad for like a very specific reason because um, it, like I had a particular use case. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I do a lot of so. But still to this day, I, you, you have to argue that like people, even myself, look at an iPad aside from like my kids used to watch Netflix and stuff like it's hard to just like if you're like, OK, I need a laptop or whatever. Right. And you're like iPad, laptop, iPad, laptop. It's still a weird choice. It's, so, like, I picked it for a very specific reason, right? This is, and this is my personal weird, like, theory. And this is also why I have a uh, Samsung Note uh, phone. Um, if you're in a meeting, right, and you're having a conversation, and someone take out a laptop and he start typing on it, you're like, hmm, I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's emailing someone else. But if someone take out what looks like, you know, iPad or a phone or whatever, and he takes a stylus and start writing on it. That person is taking note. As Very com- fascinating perspective. It's as compared to a person typing. And... Maybe a little too good-hearted of you. <laughs> like, th- it's like, it's really three different... Ki- like, because, you know, what, like, your physical, like, your, your motion, what you do mm-hmm. have meanings. Like... So if you're typing on the laptop, that conveys a slightly different message than you with a stylus writing versus you on a phone typing. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could be taking notes as well, but because the phone is more of a communication device, the person is going to feel even more like, man, that guy is just texting his girlfriend. He's not even listening. Yeah, 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 for sure. So it's just... it's, it's the f- I can get with the phone thing, for sure. That, right. That, that reads as like... So like he has no interest in like what's happening. Exactly, it's just day. like, are you paying attention when someone is looking at his phone? So it's like for me when I say you know a did I prove my point? Like yeah. a problem and a solution. Like that's what I meant. Like I meant, um, like the the iPad is very specifically like, you know, when 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 Steve Jobs did the presentation, um, there was a couch at that presentation. He went, he walked to the couch, he sat down, and he put the iPad on his lap because that was a demonstration of how you're supposed to use the iPad versus the iPhone presentation, he was on his feet because you were supposed to walk around and be able to use the iPhone that sure. way. Like these products are extremely targeted towards a specific kind of like, you know, activity slash lifestyle slash like a kind of like how like it's it's designed specifically pe- to be used in a very particular way. And the EUC has, and the EUC no, has none of that. Yeah. Is the exact polar opposite of it. Where is a guy in China who make this thing and just like I don't know, somebody seem to be willing to pay a lot of money for it, so I'll just keep making it. Sure. And that's the weird thing with the EUC because. You know, we have a lot of complaint about like, oh, you know, the 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 Gotway, like, you know, there's all these detail that's wrong and this and that. But like, if you go to like AliExpress and you look like you look at the hundreds and hundreds of other weird, bizarre version of cell balancing vehicle they sell, right? Like, just some of these things are so far off that you're just like. How is this a product and how is there people still making this? But, but yeah. they are. And I feel like the thing that we're writing is one of these things that just happened by chance. 
not by intention like unlike you know there isn't a like a group of designer and engineer who's like okay i'm going to design a product that's targeting this particular segment of the mm. population this no they just made like 10 different very like 10 different factory randomly decide that they were going to make these 10 things because they saw it you know on a on a you know whatever you know tv thing in the u.s like this is where like the whole hoverboard came into be because you know shen chen like made a prototype and then one of these factories saw it you know on youtube they're like oh i can i can i can call my cousin he's an electrical engineer you know he can help me build a prototype like they then, then they made one that seems to be a prominent mindset in china right like oh i can do that without sort of any typical sort of respect or regard for like the the guy who made the first product like in america if i saw that you created i don't know the first electric skateboard or whatever i it's fine that i think to myself oh i can do that too but there's sort of like this decor i don't know an unsaid sort of rule book about how you go about making your version of it whereas in china there doesn't seem to be the same sort of rule book it's it's culturally <laughs> different this is this is the thing i find more, most curious about like the euc and how it kind of you know like the different like uh, this this is what actually made me think about the whole like question of innovations here in the u.s because it's just like like you said here there are all these rules like oh we can't make like anything that's you know too fast that may be dangerous you know like if 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 the government makes a ruling that says if the eu makes a ruling that says okay electric vehicle can't go faster than 20 miles you know 20 kilometer per hour then the company would think okay especially when they go talk to their attorney the the lawyer team would just say oh even though there isn't a ruling here if someone get injured we can at least say look at the eu standard we 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 were compliance right, with this sort of standard overseas which has you know so it like Take, get them out of a little bit of liabilities. So they have to think about all these things. They have to think about intellectual you know, property. And all these things have to be overcome with money and resources. And this is what will lead to a more expensive product that isn't really as good. And unfortunately, that this is what I thought really killed the Segway originally because they weren't able to make it faster because they were worried about liability. They weren't able to make it, you know, more like they have to make or it more just, portable. Yeah, more portable. They have to make it super stable so that someone, you know, who have a poor sense of balance could still ride it. Like literally bicycle as a product could not be invented today today because it's, no, too, right. dangerous. it's too dangerous. You know, so many things that we have today is not possible because, it's, like, imagine if the car didn't exist today. Like, really, you're gonna put people in this Do you box? Know how many and people let it... died? Right, exactly. <laughs> the amount of like people cars. that could die, like, you can kill people. Like, imagine someone who's, you know, like, you know, not of right of mind, get behind one of these things. He could just plow into a crowd and kill hundreds. Well, it's funny because now we have the Segway Mini Pro, which I have one of them here, and I have plenty of electric unicycle riders who stop by for whatever reason and see it and go cool i never tried that can i try it and i'm like yeah sure and i give them like a two second talk about kind of how it functions and they look like complete noobs trying to get on the thing and it's like it's a it's designed to hold you like it's unlike a unicycle where it's sort of like all on you right you know i mean more or less uh it's just funny to see that like it's a easier piece of tech that has almost no learning curve unlike the EUC and they're just like 
baby giraffes that just came out of the mother. <laughs> That's how they look. It's a, it's a really, it's a very strange thing because it's like, you know, and then like the EUC, yeah, it, 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 it like, it, I, I try to think about it and try to think like, okay, what, what should it be? Like what, what would be, you know, because it's, it's still possible. You can still make it work. Like the problem, like this really, I think you have, you know, said like, this is kind of like the original MP3 players. And it really yeah. remind me of the, of, of that particular piece of tech, because one of the biggest problem with MP3 player at the time was also regulations because, you know, all the companies were just like, oh, these people are just stealing music. Stealing music. Yeah. I mean, cause I remember I, I had, I guess we might've missed it on this version of the podcast now, but <laughs> I had a friend back in, back when MP3s just came out, my, my Jewish friend, uh, his family had a lot of money, and he was one of the first humans I knew who had one. And, but his was a bit plasticky, a little cheapy looking, but it still held quite a few music, uh, pieces of music, more than a CD at the time. But then when the iPad, or excuse me, the iPod came out, it was a whole other ballgame. We would just like look to him and laughed. <laughs> like, it, it, like, like one of the best example of the like of the insanity that is the initial, you know, MP3 player. Thing was was my friend uh, bought a Sony MP3 player. Like Sony actually made an MP3 yeah, player, yeah. and you know it had really wonderful song like s- sound, and it's like you know has you know higher quality like like components, um, and it had good review. Except because Sony also is a huge music, you know, producer and content, you know, owner, you know, they were obviously very concerned about the people, you know, who may use their music player as a, as a way to pirate music. So they had this just absolutely impossible system in which, you know, you have to go through just to get like music onto the device. You can't, you have to use their proprietary, proprietary like software to transfer your CD music. It has to be a CD. Well, Apple basically did that too. Well, you know, that this is just a start. So you have to get it on, you know, from the CD to your computer and then you have to that you can then take that file and put it onto your, you know, MP3 player, except you can only play it 3 times. At which point it expires. And then oh you have to redo the transfer from the CD into your computer to this and then day, onto your mu- thing. Music copyright laws are insane. It just like it, be, it like that thing was literally destroyed because of the need to protect right. their Do other business. Do you remember business. the Zune? Oh yeah, I remember that, was, that. I think Microsoft that was theirs. They was there trying to compete, and they they had a bit cooler marketing at the time than I, iPad did. Uh, but ultimately, we know who won because it's <laughs> probably a similar scenario. But okay, so enough iPad talk or iPod talk. I like that stuff. But uh, I think that so now we have this electric unicycle that exists. Shane Chen had some hand in, and Solo Wheel existed. Like, what brought us, let's say, from there to maybe your first wheel, which is IPS five, and then eventually to sort of we'll call it like the, you know, the m super v3 days like wh- what had what transpired just just progress like what was that so so shen chen um also famously um invented and designed the uh the hoverboard that's right and 
Um, and he was... And when it was knocked off, there was no BMS. Right. I mean, and he was horribly burned by this because they actually knocked off the hoverboard before he even released it as a product. Oh, boy. So they start selling the knockoff hoverboards before he actually started selling it. And they missed a key component. Right. Which is a... which. So we're saying he really got burned by this because right. they didn't have the BMS, which if you don't know what that is, it regulates what the battery does, how it performs. It tells it when to accept charge, not accept charge. Uh, so you would plug in your hoverboard overnight, leave it overnight. It would just keep pumping amperage into that thing until it blew up, basically. Right. So, you know, and this become like a huge problem, you know, and, and, and government regulate against it. And there we were had those these... dumb signs in New York right. that says no hoverboards allowed on the subway. Exactly. But um, at the same time, this is purely my own speculations. But, um, you know, from the other side of the ocean, the, the, the story seems to be very different. You know, if you're a Chinese manufacturer, you're like, wait a minute. Um, so I saw this guy invent, you know, this thing. And I copied it, and I sold a crap load of it. and made all this money. Let's see what he has next. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and let's he, just watch. Right. He's let's watch, put out. watch him. Oh, oh, oh! He has this other electric unicycle thing. Hmm. Uh, let, let, let me call my cousin, who is an engineer, and see whether or not he That's can. That's crazy. He can. I mean, again, I, this is just my own speculation, but like you know, like literally in in, in Shenzhen, like they're just hundreds and hundreds of company making just all different varieties of different things they're just looking for things to make just to see whether like or not paint they get... at the wall just to see what sticks exactly and they're just seeing what sticks and you know out of all of those out of all the variations of self-balancing devices and you know again if you go to aliexpress you'll see some bizarre examples um, you can ride a bowling pin. You can ride a football. <laughs> the list goes on. Right. And the thing is that electric unicycle, like the few, the, the company that we now know as these large manufacturers, Gotway, Kingsong, they're, they're like, even like there is a few that's defunct, like Ching IPS. Song. Like, you know, they are right. the one that happen to hit the right combination that's right. between form factor, control board, quality, and all of this. And that's why their manufacturing quality control is so poor because, well, it's a matter of perspective. They're, the QCs are bad comparing to a lot of other, you know, to like mass, a Western product. To a Western product. But com- these are the guys that actually made better product that good enough for yeah. for the for the for the community you said, it. you said it i always like to harp on that phrase right that the, the chabadua of uh of china is yes. real it's it, a real it's, it's a real way of life and you know the the main thing that they want to hit is that they want a thing that is sufficiently qual like quality to able to you know to be able to satisfy like a niche hobbyist market, which is what the EUC had been for the longest time, you know. And and as I mean, you know, hardcore people are like are willing to deal with problems. Yeah. Well, on the other hand, though, there are some of us who I mean, I wrestle with this like in my brain a lot, which I didn't think I ever would. But like as someone who makes like video reviews, I don't only do reviews, but like it's become a bigger part of my YouTube experience and like. On the one hand, 
I, I can't, we get pre-production models, right? So it, we're like hype men, right? Before the rapper comes out. So there's a bit of a responsibility to sort of like showcase what the wheel's about. There is not a lot of responsibility, at least not, I'm not feeling any pressure of it to, to like hide anything. Um, but also there's not any responsibility to be at that truthfully. They're like, no one's like saying, make sure you showcase the crap. I feel personally, I, I like to showcase the good about every wheel up front. Um, and then on the back end, I kind of talk about the things that I felt poor. And I think maybe sometimes I'm more critical than most, but I, I got to think that at some level it helps because either they'll stop sending us pre-productions to be videoed and maybe start sending them as like a, here, try to break it, let us know. And then we'll send you the final. Or at least they'll just start making better choices before they send them to us. Like I feel like the more we are, again, we don't have to be jerks, but the more we're sort of truthful about here's the real experience of said wheel, I think the more it'll encourage them to like change their QC or just figure out a way to not like look bad. Not that my intention is ever to make them look bad. I just mean like that just comes along. I think with the territory now it's like, okay, there's a crappy trolley handle on this thing. Like everyone hates the EXN and the EX and the monster handle. And it's like, yeah, it's really bad. However, compared to an MSX handle, eh, it's about on par as far as like the experience goes. It's like poor quality. If you were to drop it on that thing, it's definitely toast. Um, it, it's a little weird to get in and out, you know, and like, it's not really going to hold a lot of weight. It could spin out on you, like all those kind of things. So it's kind of on par. I mean, it's, I, I think it's a matter of perspective. I, I don't know whether or not it's, you know, yeah. It, it, the, the thing is that EUC really had Kim very far in a very short amount of time. And this is why for me, I, I, you know, I That's feel why like you can't buy an old wheel. Right. You, you, yes. Um, but also, like, there's a, there's, a, there's a different set of expectations. Like, again, if the EX was released as a product last year, people would thought, it, like, it was groundbreaking and that it was the best thing ever and that everything mm. about it was wonderful. Or um, even if they had released before the S18. They just had to release it before the Sherman. That's what they had to do. So this is fast. I'm trying not to skip too far ahead. I feel like we kind of are. I think we're probably in our, like, modern-day era now. But, like... The Sherman, just to harp for two seconds on this, is like, as you sort of said, maybe in our, before we lost video, like, it just did it right. Like, they just saw, this is what you get, actually, weirdly, in a great way. Uh, people who worked for a company making wheels for so such a long time break off, make their own company, and go, okay, here are the things that either they saw as problematic or just heard us talk about as problematic and then just actually changed them. Like that, that was the thing I had to say that, you know, that I, that was the thing that impressed me um, the most when it comes to the Sherman. Like I, I remember, you know, um, first of all, being lucky enough to, to get the first one um, to ship to the U.S. Um, and then I had to open it up to put the battery in. And like the first thought that came to mind when I when I did that was just man like the guy who designed this thing actually cared, you know about 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 the wheel. Like there were so many little things, you know. I I, I was saying before like the spacer on the pedal, you know, being integrated uh, into the pedal itself, so that it's not like these two washers that just always kind of you know go flying and go go you know missing. 
Um, the screw on the side panel was a size larger, so you don't have to wor worry about stripping them as much. There were just so many little details that you can tell. It's just, you know, from it's like people who have been doing this for a while and who have been thinking about it and who are just like, okay, I'm going to make this better. And that in turn make me like gave me faith that this is going to be a better wheel because I yeah. knew that they cared. And that was the most, most important thing. Yeah. It's, it was definitely a step forward in this technology that is uh, like said, very hopeful. Um, but yeah, so you had, you had an IPS five and that was like, why did that company not work out? Well, so the IPS i5 is this incredible thing. You know, first of all, it's an electric scooter with, I mean, electric unicycle um, that weighs, um, I think, like, how much does it weigh? Like, eight, like 20 pounds. No, mm. less than that, I think, like, 18. And it, it, it is only one and a half inches thick, and it has a 14-inch um, diameter wheel inside. It has a range of... 12 miles and then max out at 12, 12 miles uh, per hour speed. Um, so, you know, on a, on a PEV scale, it's a pretty capable machine, but it's just so tiny and small and, 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 and nice. Um, but the problem is that it's, you know, it's this whole last gen versus this gen um, conversation. Mm -hmm. When you open up that wheel, the motor is literally built into the case itself. So when you pull the two sides of, of the case apart, the motor comes apart. And like the, the magnet versus the coil <laughs> on one side, and like the thing has a gap, and you can see the coil if you lift up the wheel and look underneath it. Wow. And they claim this wheel is, is I have no idea how they're able to even like say that, but they said the wheel is waterproof. Like, that can't be true. I, I remember I considered getting one as like a side silly thing to take the trash out at one point. And everyone I talked to about it was like, why, why would you do that? The <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's It's not waterproof. It's, it's like the first thing they would mention is the water thing. With I think they said around the, um, around the power button. It was actually a big problem. What the area. heck with like the motor is completely open. Like when I pull the thing apart, like you can see dirt and leaves inside the motor compartment, like between the magnet and the coils. Which makes funny dumb people today complain about dust or right. Exactly. Like it was just like it's. But you know, again, at the time, this is you know my the sense I get is that this is not an unusual thing for then because. You know, again, we're, we're we're talking about manufacturing that that like that that were just making things that were barely kind of functional. Right. You know, like if you go to AliExpress at the time, you buy a wheel, you're like, okay, you're 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 you know, you're really risking a lot, and you're hoping, and you better know what the heck you're doing, and you know how to fix some of these things. And the impression I get from you know talking from uh, with people who who were writing at the time is that. You know, they all had to be like super careful, and they trust no one. Like they, 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 you know, are all convinced that the manufacturers does nothing but lie and cheat, and they're just trying to, you know, get a thing that kind of barely work in just enough so that they can at least, you know, enjoy it a little bit. But so now we have, you know, now it's four. I guess we had three. They just kind of rose to the top as the best, and they all kind of have their their niche, and it's it's starting to be a bit blurry i think but um you know we have king song which is known for their 
design, which I think this year they really kind of showed that off as far as like just aesthetics go. I never really thought about it because I, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think that like a, you know, a 14D is all that pretty. I don't know. <laughs> but so King Song is known for their good design. Um, we'll call it aesthetics, I guess. And then in motion reliability, I think is what I associate with them. Just like good build quality that's a bit robust and you know we saw those braille skate guys just torturing a v8 um and then we had gotway which was the utter performance but lack of reliability lack of design sense um but then eventually there was what, what i think tell me if you agree the the nail in the coffin that okay gotway can be trusted now which was the msx i, I don't know if the word, like can be trusted is ever well, I, a like thing. people from okay let's say they were they were sa- safe enough they were they were at the same safety level as the other two to where like you weren't going to randomly cut out when you hit a, a bump about this big well i mean no like i i, I would say that gotway was doing that long before like with the tesla with you know all the all, all the prior wheels like they again they were known for you know high performance wheels so you can always kind of push them further you know, it's sure. it's it's just that I don't I don't think anything was radically different. I mean, the MSX was a radical wheel because it's able to it's the first wheel that was able to push the kind of speed that um, that, you know, that modern wheel seemed to hit pretty regularly. Like yeah. I still remember watching like a Tashawn. Um, review where he was just like man this you know uh, there's whispering of this wheel actually be able to go faster than you know 40 miles an hour can you imagine that like what you know he was like and it was one of the first that did 18 by three that like was actually f- fast as well right because before that we just had the 18s from the from king song right i think that was the only wide tired giant wheel this is like the where, alien wheel yeah this is this is where i'm a little bit because that's also like when when the z10 came out and that was a huge deal at the time and um you know it, why do you think that game that gained so much like public outside the niche prominence because so this is before my time but the Nybot s1 the pri- the last electric unicycle that Nybot had made was was a really good wheel it was very robust um and you know you can really beat it to crap and it 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 was you know a very you know it was fun to ride and and i mean you heard a lot of good review for it but they didn't really do anything for several years and people thought that they were done and then all of a sudden they came out and said you know oh we're we're back at it and here's this radical radical you know thing that's Mm -hmm. like nothing else i mean that four inch wheel looks really cool and it's i still think it's one of the best looking electric unicycle you know Mm -hmm. ever made Um, and also just the fact that you know Ninebot being who they are and with the kind of resources that they're able to you know bring to bear that no other company could hope to to match yeah i mean i i think that it became like it blew up publicly like i said outside of our spheres because it looks like someone ripped it off a motorcycle right like it looked like a motorcycle tire that you just cut off the front of a motorcycle and a guy's riding it around so it was at the time the most futuristic sort of cyberpunk-esque type of wheel we ever saw but as you know it had a lot of problems that that started to surface over time 
Um, b- before we get to that, I, I just want to say that, you know, the, the I, I feel a fanboy moment, the, the best indication to me of how just absolutely blown away everyone was at the introduction of the Z10 and how, you know, how much anticipation they were was the fact that, uh, my, my best friend, Chris grumpy cat, um, was so excited that he decided that he was going to fly to uh, I think was CES, and um, just to try this wheel. Wow! <laughs> and and this is the man who's skeptical of every. Well, I single think he got burned ever. after that, though. I think that, <laughs> I think now he's super like I don't get out of bed for any tech. This I think that was the last time he. He 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 was willing. He he right. gave enough trust to love, and ever but since he likes the Z10, though, right? Um, he wrote it quite a bit. He wrote it for a little bit, but I think he like yeah. He 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 sold it pretty quickly because mm-hmm. of all the issues. So so the issues, off the top of my head, uh, are we'll start with the like less crazy ones. The trolley handle was meh. Um, the the way the way you filled your tire was. Way too cumbersome that it needed to be. Just the whole like just peephole thing, and then you had to stick the thing. That, so that was a little bit weird. So again, we're starting with the real docile stuff here. Um, and then we had the issue with the fact that like there was no fast charger for this thing. So if you were going to take a long distance ride, or maybe you had to charge in between, there's you're not charging fast. Like I mean, I distinctly remember a guy came from Massachusetts. Jeremy, you know who you are. Um, came with us. Didn't charge. Was it Jeremy? Yeah, I think it's Jeremy. One, no, wait, doesn't matter. One of the Massachusetts guys um, came with us, started at seventy percent battery to make a trip that was fairly long distance that where we went, and uh, he had no hope. And when we got there, we were all charging. We all had fast chargers or whatever, or, or two chargers, and he just it was like he had to catch a cab on the way back. It wasn't. Know? I mean, it wasn't even like like all those things you can deal with, but you know the the problem. There, there's a few kind of major issues with that wheel um which is that you know there there were um i think some of the wiring wasn't as robust as they needed to be so there were a lot of instances where you know the motor were burning out and uh, specifically the wires in the motor were burning out which is which was was, i believe what ended up happened to my my wheel um catching fire i guess is the big main one I don't. I don't think any of them ever caught fire. I think like there were. Didn't yours catch fire? Well, no, I definitely no, no. have seen video of them on fire. That's like, un, undisputed. Right. I mean, so there was that. There was the ghost drain, which is like it's like the. So I think um, I'm. I think the the Z10 is the first wheel that actually have a, a battery managing system that track every cell, so you can actually see each the the performance of each individual cell in that wheel um which is very good except that that same bms for whatever reason um require power and it drains the wheel even if you just leave it sitting there for for you know doing nothing like one percent a day so it was slowly discharging itself down to zero. And oh, so even if it was not on? Even if it was not on. Weird. As a matter of fact, like my... Or Z- awful, I should say. Yeah, my Z10 is right now, like I don't have enough room. I 
apartment so i leave it at my parents house so when i go see them i actually have to check on it and i will plug it in to recharge it even though it's just sitting there because it would drain itself down to zero and at that point that's very bad for the battery and then it would enter like this hibernation state and then you 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 need to do like crazy special thing to get it started and even then like it's very bad for the battery it may kills the battery altogether so like the problem is that you know, I, either they didn't know or whatever the case is, a lot of the wheels arrived with no battery, with bad, with zero percent, you know, charge. And then that in turn, because they like, sat for weeks on the exactly. Boat. And then they caused the battery to go bad. So like the first batch was a lot of things went wrong. That's a wild oversight. I, I think, you know, again, like this is my. Especially like I said, you just pointed out that they showed up dead on arrival. <laughs> so. Again, this is my personal speculation. So um, they were working on the Z10 at the time when the electric scooter boom started. Um, So, you know, that is basically equivalent to, you know, you, you know, you have your YouTube channel that you you love working on. You publish a video. And then all of a sudden, you know, someone comes to you and say, Mickey, I love your work. I'm going to give you, you know, $10 million dollars. You know, no more than that, like a hundred million dollar to to you know work on your editing business or whatever things, and you're just like, oh my god, and you you you're you're not even thinking about this YouTube thing. You're just like, I I gotta focus my that that's exactly what happened to Ninebot. Like they they initially had some you know they wanted to you know do the do the EUC things or right. whatever, and they were developing the Z10, and then somewhere in the middle of that process. The, the electric scooter, you know, boom, happened. Like, Bird, Lying, all this scooter-sharing company, right. you know, started and were st- started to buy, like, just hundreds of millions of dollars worth of electric scooter from Naibot. Naibot is the largest electric scooter manufacturers in the world, like, by far. A lot of the company that, mm. you, that a lot of the electric scooter you buy, even if it's not Naibot brand, is made by them because they're the company. They're the factory behind it all so they're just flushed with all this money coming in and all of a sudden euc is just not even a blip on their radar so somewhere in the middle of that development process they lost things so towards the end when it was pushed out the door it was not a hundred percent product right i should say too as a side note uh, I think we we might have passed it. We we basically hit the the one hour mark on our re-record. So this I call this. My good friend Francisco likes to joke about how long these are. So I'm like, Francisco, every hour I'll call you out. This is the Francisco one hour mark. <laughs> uh, but no, so I think that um, yeah, I think we learn pretty quickly with EUCs which ones are more trouble than they're worth. And it seems like the Z10 kind of had a lot of that going for it in the sense that also. Riding it was, a, as you know, like you had to ride it a bit differently than, than a typical EUC. Like just the way you carved and stuff on that thing was like sort of the opposite. Of, maybe not the opposite, but it seemed counterintuitive to every other way you would. So when people buy that as a first wheel, because you, you can kind of still do that, I think. I'm like, oh. So this is the thing. Like whenever someone asks me, right, like, oh, I, I'm, I'm starting. I like to buy, and you, you know, what wheel should I get? And I always say, oh, buy a, well, no. <laughs> I always say buy a used wheel. You know, whatever you can, you know, buy a used wheel. 
And uh, this way you can kind of beat it up, not worry about it, this and that. Mm -hmm. But I do notice, I think that first wheel, that first... Like, and oh, I, I know where you're going. I don't count my i5 because that's not really a real like EUC. It's like a toy. But the first real EUC you get and ride, that like shapes you as a rider. Like, like that makes you into a certain <laughs> I kind think you're of rider. I'm the only one that thinks this. Like, I think that like it like it like change you. Like to this day, if you watch me, I still ride with my right leg right up against the wheel and still ride with my left leg all the way out because on a Z10, like the thing wobbles. So you have to stabilize it. So it also requires a lot more feedback. So what I would do is I would use my right leg to stabilize it and I would like use my left toe to push on the very tip of the pedal to give it that you know, lot like huge amount of input to get it to do different things. So like that, I still ride all my wheels that way, even though it's, I, I don't ride as each end anymore. Uh, maybe I can go down the path with you a little bit, but like I'm thinking like one of my first wheels was a 14 inch wheel. So I, so at least this, this extends to my advice to people, which is if you're going to buy a, a use like, Oh, a used one or whatever your first one is, I recommend you start smaller. Not because I'm trying to like, boost sales for somebody but I, I actually think that it teaches you excuse me how to ride better like you learn the immediacy of carving and then like how to carve deep and not too deep i i, I tend to think that a smaller uh, diameter tire or just even width trains you better you know it's like it hones your martial arts skills on an euc so then when you get on a big a sherman or a monster or a msx or whatever um you you like know the i don't know like you know the fundamentals you know mm -hmm. and so that a lot of people who start on these massive wheels and i i cannot get behind anyone starting on a sherman like that just boggles my mind but i get why they're it, it blew up like the z10 so i get why people who have never been in this are like oh i got a sherman's my first wheel and i'm like oh, i feel like it's a bad idea but you don't those guys are inherently unless they're trying hard they're probably not they're not gonna be they're gonna be worse riders because you're starting on this big honker thing that just kind of just takes you forward. I and think. See, this is why. Like, see, you're you're see. I that that's someone I, who start on the small wheel. Say yeah. that. Like, would think that. Like for me, right? My relationship with the wheel, like the tire, the wheel, is very different. Like, you don't control it. You negotiate with it. You're like, I like to go left, and the wheel, like, hmm. I don't know. I guess so. We'll go a little bit left, but not too left. I put left. my wheel in a corner. <laughs> so it's like, it's always like, so this is why I like, I tend to gravitate. You know, this is why I went from the Z10 to the Monster. Again, like it's a giant tire that has a little bit of mind of its own. And you always like kind of, it's not like it'll do whatever you want. It's like, it'll kind of, you have to work with it. You know, sure. it's like a negotiation, you know? Yeah. Well, I think so now we have a lot of these more powerful wheels. People tend to not understand, even some of these companies, that more power doesn't necessarily just mean because I'm trying to go faster. You know, when I say power, I also mean like um, volts as well. So like a 100 volt is a safer wheel um, than a 67 or, or an 84 volt because you just have a big, bigger power ceiling t to your name, so to speak. And, you know it gives grace for bad riding, which a lot of people, even if they've been riding a year still need. Um, so I, I think that like now 
my dream would be that all these newer unicycles all be 100 volt, no matter how physically big or small they are, because I feel like it's a necessity to keep us safer. To a, Ben, Lazy Rider, has been harping on he wants a 100 volt MCM5, like no one's business, which I don't think he's wrong about. And I don't think I don't think it would cost them much more at all to do that. I just don't. So it could just be easily implemented. I mean, maybe I'm wrong on that. I I really don't know enough about like the whole like I mean I I don't know enough about electrical engineering to know that to to understand the intricacy behind that. I mean all I I all I do know is that you know the Z10 for instance I think it's like 67 volt. Well, that yeah. thing does like you know 28 miles per hour. Impressive so. for a 67, but arguably less safe. Well, I mean that wheel is mod capable of even greater speed. So, like I I I don't know whether or not the relationship between speed, power, and and voltage is really that direct. Um, I also have heard um, you know speculation that you know the the, the volt like uh, not speculation, but you know the way I have heard it said that you know going up the voltage is just a cheap and easy way of achieving greater speed that there's other ways of engineering it it's just that upping the my voltage. question though is maybe they can achieve it like this you know the z10 did um because at the time we had uh the 18l or xl it was doing like 31 and it was 84 volts so the fact that a 67 volt was doing 28 is pretty impressive but my question is like can they do it as safely because again we don't deal in electricity. That's not our day job. I'm sure that some of you who do are like, what are these idiots talking about? But um, like, it seems to me that you have a lot more power to draw from with the 100 volt either way. There's just a, a bit of more ceiling. Let me know if I'm an idiot here. And not, <laughs> if I'm, but it, again, I, I'm sort of standing on the shoulders of people who have talked to us you know, before this, right? Like, There's a lot of talk in our super nerdy circle about these sort of things. And so you kind of pick up on things here and there. So... I'm assuming there are people amongst us who aren't as dumb as we are on the subject <laughs> who I, I are saying like, things that make sense. I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, the, the problem is that there's a lot of like, you know, there there are a few people who have the expertise in the community. However, you know, as in the, the trouble with the Internet is that, you know, we all have the same voice regardless of whether or not we you know each of us know what we're talking about so it's there's a lot of noise and and it's a little bit hard to kind of tell what is true and what is not right i mean so i try not to kind of focus on 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 the actual kind of mechanism behind you know why these wheels are able to do what they do i'm kind of personally more interested in, in you know what they're actually able to do and what it actually means yeah, I mean, like, I, yeah, I, I am down with that. Like, just a realism of like, wh- what are the, what does this number get me, right? Like, y- right. we can talk about watt hours, amp hours, and all that jazz, volts all day long, but what, what, what can this wheel actually do? Like, the thing that fascinates me, and I, I don't, I don't have an answer to this, and 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 that is that, you know, we we all know that Gotway recognize veteran as a threat to their business oh boy do they right and they know that speed was the one advantage that the sherman has so they know that you know people want speed i think i mean they're able they they should be able to kind of you know figure out that much so 
it seems it it puzzles me as to why is it that they seem to have such a hard time to make a wheel that is faster. Like why why doesn't the RS you know go as fast? I mean if they if they release the RS and say okay this thing free spin at 110 kilometers per hour and it'll be just as fast as the you know the the, the Sherman that that thing was sell like that's not a yeah. huge you know well, speed the, up but the battery is smaller on the RS too right. Compared to the Sherman's thirty two hundred watt, I don't know what the RS. Oh yeah, is. the the Sherman is significantly larger in battery, but like I mean, again, like I don't know why. Yeah. Why that is? I mean, you know, maybe they can make the curve, you know, steeper so that it drops off quicker. You well, know. Basically, though, we're dealing with this. Gotway was sitting on their ass, coasting as the the king of of uh, performance, right? Right. Then the veteran thing happened, which actually Jason had told me about like nine months beforehand, but he's like, you can't tell anyone. But all I was told was, like, there's a faction of Gotway that has broken off and started a new company. I knew this nine months ahead of time. That's all I knew, though. Didn't know what that meant. You know, what does that actually mean at the time? Anyways, I mean, you don't, you don't know. Like, at the time, all the way till I opened up the box with a Sherman in it, it who know? Who knew, like, whether right. or not this could work? I mean, this is, like, completely untested. And, like... You know, it, you you just don't know. Like it's it's it it was it. This is actually very surprising, and this still blows me away. Like this is their very very first product. It's incredible that right. they were able to, like, hit one out of the park like right off of the bat. Like this, you know, it's a combination of like a really good product and the fact that it just seemed to have captured the imagination of the public. I mean, you have a startup, essentially. I mean, they have a bit of a background, but as you should. Um, with their first product on the market becoming the hottest selling product in the market. And it's the most expensive wheel on the market. Well, not anymore. Close close to it, because at the time, the Monster was 2800 Was it? Was, did the Sherman come out at 2800 also? Yeah. Yeah, so it, it is next to monster the most expensive wheels i mean when i was reviewing it i remember thinking that it was going to be a niche wheel because you know why would someone starting with ride to ride an euc wants a wheel that's as heavy as fast or and and you know as expensive as the sherman like it's it's yeah well i think you know the reason where you were incorrect in your analysis is probably not too far off in the sense of like typically yes that logic makes sense from years past but weirdly enough for whatever reason maybe someone fell asleep at youtube that day i'm not sure but like kuji's video took off similar to the z10 <laughs> phenomenon <fell> <laughs> Sorry, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like, there's nothing about the video that's any different from any other video that he would have produced, mm-hmm. right? There's nothing, if, I were, if we're really honest, it's the same old typical thing he puts out. Same, a, it was same, a very good video. I got to give him credit. Same it's, music, same style. Like, everything is the same. There's that really cute clip of him falling over in front of the girl. That, that oh, was yeah. very funny. But, <laughs> but my point is, aside from that, it's a, it's the uh-huh. same old thing that it took off in the culture. Like... The masses around the planet saw this thing, obviously. Like I said, it's just like the Z10. Something about it somehow caught. I don't know, except maybe someone fell asleep at YouTube. I don't know what it is, but it caught. I'm not saying uh, Kuji made a bad video. I'm just saying, like, it wasn't like, whoa, this shit is way better than what Kuji normally does. No, it was on par with his normal high quality. 
Um, but it took off. And I think that's what added to, um, you know, it sort of becoming a big thing like that, that you're like still blown away why anybody would buy it. And now it, it can only explain why somebody who's never touched a unicycle, who mm-hmm. maybe even thought, eh, that looks dangerous, or I, I could never balance on that thing, decided to buy the most expensive one as their first. It's, the one it's... with the, the heaviest weight at the time. That is just... You you have to. There's something else going on in the zeitgeist there. It it is. I mean, it is like an incredible like kind of convergence of different things. I mean, the 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 thing is that the AUC is really like we're used to it. We ride it, and we're just like, okay, this is what it is. But for someone who is not accustomed to it, it's an incredible. Like I just spoke to one of my friend yesterday who have no prior knowledge of it. And, you know, I mentioned to him, I do this YouTube thing, I make videos. And, you know, he politely acknowledged it. And he said, oh, that sounds really cool. And, you know, maybe I'll check it out sometime. And then, of course, a lot of time your friend said this and they never do. And then finally he did. And then he was like, I watched like six of your video. He's just like, this thing is insane. He's like, I saw you right into the freaking First Avenue tunnel while you're talking and doing like 30 miles an hour. And you're like flying off of speed bump. He's like, this thing is, is mind boggling. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what it is. And it's just like, it's, it's one of those things that like, you, you, once you see it, you can't like, it's, it's, it's. It's it's like I remember like like wingsuit flying, right? Like you, you like I remember the first. Still pretty dangerous, by the way. It, it's super dangerous, and there's like two people in the world that does it because the third the guy died, died, right? Yep. <laughs> so, but it becomes it became a thing because when you once you see it, it's so mind blowing. You're just like this thing is absolutely incredible, right? And the EUC is like riding that category. It just that it you know the wingsuit flying existed before, but there was that one video of the guy who was just like okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be really close to the mountain this time. And I'm sure it's not even that he, he, the, he was the first guy who flew next to a mountain. It just said, oh, he, I'm going to be a little bit closer this time. And I'm going to make a, you know, I'm going to have a camera with me or something. Like, it's like a conf- confluence of different things. And, you know, maybe even the weather that day was just the perfect thing for that video. Sure. And then just like it all aligned to kind of make this just the you know this is like the vi- like nobody could predict vi- vi- virality like especially with social media yeah you know so it's, it's well also we you know because of the pandemic we had a huge boom in right. evs popularity which all of us knew would eventually come but the pandemic sort of like if you looked around every year chris and i my buddy chris uh Every year we look around and we say to ourselves, next summer is going to be the summer where it explodes. And it kind of incrementally gets a little bit more EVs. But this summer was why. I mean, now you look around, you're like every, you know, Bob, Dick, and Jane is on a scooter. You're like, what? And my local barista, this lovely uh, Jewish guy that owns the little coffee shop next to me, like he always sees me on my wheel and he started being curious. He's seen me for like years now he started asking me questions about it, uh-huh. you know, and then I'm answering and he was like, cool, you seem pretty knowledgeable. And he was like, and I was like, I mean, you know, I have all these different ones. Like, I, see, I see you in different ones all the time. I'm like, yeah. He goes, do you pay for them all? I'm like, I get a deal. <laughs> and he was like, how? W- what, do you have a discount or something? I'm like, well, I have this YouTube thing or whatever. And he was just like, 
whoa, you you're you like do stuff with this stuff? Like so it's but anyway, so recently the other day he was like, I'm looking into a good scooter, like what do you recommend? And I so we had like a five minute conversation. I said, But you know what? Look at my buddy um Kevin on the West Coast, like he had Alien Rides his channel. He's probably one of the best scooter guys around and he goes i've been watching alien rides <laughs> i was like well then why are you talking to me bro it's all right there uh-huh. you know um so yeah there's been a huge uh ev boom which is great for all of us yeah it's it, i think it's 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 awesome and you know my my private you know my my own speculation you know and and maybe i my views are skewed because i like eucs but i feel like you know eventually people will all like gravitate towards the EUC because it just has the best performance and, yeah. and longest range. Like I mean, best that was for your buck. Yeah, it's it's the it's the shift I saw here in New York. Like you know, before it was a lot of like you know, um, e board and a lot of in recent year. There's more electric bike also, but it's like yeah. a lot of people converted. Before at at some point it was just like you know Tishan and and I think one or two other people and now like you know we have grown so much more. There was a for a while a huge conversion rate happening between um, e boarders and unis here in New York. But yeah, now we have e bikes like Onyx and Super Seventy Three have come on the scene, um, and then we have Huck Bike and like just a whole bunch of different people that are out there. But what do you think is gonna be? So I, I, I see EUC aside, well, we can kind of talk about that too, but what do you think the future is going to be, I guess, for EVs and, and I guess EUC? Like what, if you had to imagine, you know, 20 years from now, oh my God. what will the scene <laughs> look like? Because for me, I still think it's, unless we see a rapid change or something, EUC is still going to be that thing where a lot of people still say, looks cool, looks efficient, but it scares me. Um. I mean, first of all, predicting the future is is next. I, I still your specialty, isn't it? Not uh, you have a rumor channel, isn't that your <laughs> YouTube channel is all about rumors? I, I I like I was going through like my archive videos like recently because I was looking for something, and and um I saw a video I actually recorded walking across the Queensboro Bridge because it was like the two thousand and three um, blackout. Oh, okay. And um, you know that you know electricity went out in New York City. Nothing works, and this happened. I think like ten o'clock in the morning, so um, couldn't work. So everyone had to go home. The subway was off, so the only way to do it is if you walk home. Oh, fascinating. So I was like recording. I had like a little like recorder at the time. Like I don't even remember what the what the name is, but I, I, I so I made all these you know videos of my way walking home. Um, and you see people like just giant crowd of people walking right in the middle of the street because they block all the car traffic just so people can walk home. Uh, and I was looking at it. I was just like, something about the scene looks really weird. And, you know, it was, yeah. it's, it's, it's color. No, I mean, you know, regardless of fact, people walking. And I realized it was because nobody was looking at their phone. Because oh. the phone, the smartphone did not exist back then. Like now you look at a crowd, like at least a third of the people were, uh, is looking at they're their phone. They're walking around their they're phones like at, They're looking at their all phone. All day. And everybody, like the entire crowd was just walking, looking, and talking with each other. And like this is like the, the, the changes, like beyond beyond just the appearances of that is monumental and that's only been like 15 years 
you know so looking 15 years forward like it it could be anything like like this is the thing that i find most like interesting about like you know technology like electric unicycle you know again it's just like the ramification we we are we have only begin to understand what this could actually mean like right now like we're all riding around like oh this is a lot of fun and you know and we do our own things and we enjoy the benefit of being able to get around really quickly but it's like rudimentary it's like imagine if in this entire city only the people who have electric unicycle have a smartphone right like the things that you can do and there was a time you know because i always love technology there was like so i got a smartphone really early on i had a trio you know, which I managed to somehow actually install a an app that allowed me to watch TV. And I still remember I was sitting outside watching TV on my phone, you know. That, <laughs> which is, you were like, I'm the future. Exactly. Right I'm like now. and people were like just blown away by what but anyway, it's just like but that was that is basically the moment of where we are right now with EUC. Like there's no infrastructure, there's mm. no interest, there's no development, there's, I mean, there are, but compared to, like, mass adaptation of a technology, what we're seeing is really just, like, a glimmer of possibility. Right, that's what I was saying before, and people are looking to buy something that's, like, a few years older, like an original nine-bot wheel. It's like asking me, what do you think about buying a horse and buggy versus the latest Toyota Camry? Like, right. Uh, I, I really think you should get the Camry. I mean, on the lower end, like like buy a cheaper King Song or In Motion or Gotway wheel that's like from, you know, 2017 and on. I wouldn't go before that. They're just like, I don't know, but it's a 50 bucks, Mick. What do you think? I'm like, uh, I think you don't want a horse and buggy that's going to dump you. Like, not even that. Like, I mean, like, I like even like beyond that, I feel like, you know, I still remember I, I was reading this article uh, where they interview the guys that were designing like a smartphone uh, at Microsoft. And they were saying like they had a prototype that looked like a trio, which has a square screen on top with a keyboard physical on, on the, underneath it. Right. They worked on it for like two years and they were going to release it six months after the release of the iPhone. And the guy, the head developer said that, you know, they were you know, watching the Steve job presentation. And they said, you know, within that first minute, they're like, our project is dead. <laughs> they're like, what, what we were working on right now, this thing is, is, uh, you know, is by comparison, that's gotta be crazy. Look like a freaking piece of like technology from the stone age. And he's just like, he's like, after that, we just scratched it. He's just like, we have to, you know, completely because what, and again, remember like the iPhone, was not like a revolution from a techno like a like technical point of view right like all of those technology were available even like the multi-touch you know like i remember seeing like there was this guy um i forgot his name but there was this professor from nyu who did this presentation uh, on ted like four years prior to the introduction of the iphone on the multi-touch at the time it was on a screen uh, so he was in front of the crowd and he was, you know, talking about, and at the time he was like, I just want to talk about multi-touch because I feel like this is the technology that nobody is really utilizing. So he came up with all these different ways of using it. And like things now were just like, oh, this is so obvious. Things like, you know, he opened up like this, this, you know, photo browsing app 
and instead of everything laid out in a grid, it was just photos scattered on, on, on the screen. He's like, oh, I can select one of these and just move it. And then I can open it, enlarge it by just doing the two-finger drag. Which is, of course, you're just like, duh. Yeah. But at the time, like literally when he did this, like the entire crowd, and this is Ted, so that's CEO, you know, freaking Nobel Prize winner. And like all these guys, the entire crowd goes Oh my God! Like when he did that, and literally, like after yeah. that, like someone, like didn't he, like he was talking. Someone just like, "Who are you? Where, where are you? Who are you with?" Like, like in the middle of his speech, <laughs> they were so blown away by this simple thing. They're over it. They're, and like they're blown away. So again, like you know, it was the thing that made the iPhone work. It was a, it was a perfect combination of leveraging the right technology the right design and the right marketing by the right company. So so who do you think that'll hit us in the EUC world? Can that someone is do that? the thing I would love to see and that was that is that is the thing that would really be transformative. Mm. Because like the you know the the smartphone literally went like you know from a slow steady growth to like freaking vertical climb i think you're always out of the two of us a little more hopeful for when things happen in the community that you're like hey man this is gonna be great for us and i'm like i don't know <laughs> i don't know if it is <laughs> i i i think it you know it 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 you know it will because i think this is a like it, it, it's truly a transformative technology because just from my personal experience, I know what it has done for me. And I know like, not just like physically, but like socially, I have noticed that, you know, everyone I talk to who rides in EUC, they're like, oh yeah, you know, I, I all the people that I ride EUC with, I see all the time. Like, you know, there's, there's this sense of community building that I don't see with any, like nothing else. I wonder if um, when it becomes more ubiquitous, people will like it less. You know, there's a bit of aspect that all of us are well aware of, which is like, we know we're sort of the re rebels in the city. Like, you know, like, Nobody, it's not that well um, sought after piece of transportation. So it's like this novelty, the fact that we're sort of the select few right now. I wonder like if that'll, I don't know, like if people like us will eventually like it less or something, like what if it becomes a commonplace. So, I mean, so I'm an architect and for the last... Wait, what? <laughs> so, um, for the for the for the last few years, um, my my unfortunately my specialty has been designing offices, um, and the thing that you know we like to talk about is the importance of proximity because you know this is how interaction really take place. Like for you to really you know, like. Like, if you think in terms of, like, bandwidth, right? Like, nothing match this because I can, like, look at, you know, Mickey. And if you raise an eyebrow, I can see it, you know? Like, it's, 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 it's hard to get, like, a sense of a person. Um, and when you're just looking at it in a little screen, there's all this signal. Sure. Um, like, actually, I, I, I recently I, I'm reading this uh, book from Malcolm Gladwell, who's one of my favorite uh, author. uh uh, called blinked and he was in, in one of the first example um he gave in that book was that he was saying that um the getty museum was looking to purchase this sculpture a 
a kuro, which is like a Greek sculpture of a, mm-hmm. of a boy. And they hire all this, like, you know, really, like, top-notch, you know, scientists and everything to study the thing. They, like, the guy, like, you know, study the surface, you know, you know, like, material chemically and, 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 and figure out whether or not it can be, um, you know, actually from 3,000 3, years ago. Right. They did all this study after, like, I think... 10 month they come they confirmed that it it was legit so they made the purchase they spent 10 million dollars to buy this piece and then they said they had an opening and they invited all these you know art curator who who are you know who usually you know deal with this sort of thing and and um malcolm gladwell interviewed one of these guys and the guy said i walked into the room i saw the thing he's like and immediately i had just this just this nasty gut feeling just in my stomach and he's like i immediately went over to the to the to the guy at the museum and just said did you or did you transfer the fund did you pay for this and he's like i don't know why but something didn't feel right you know because there were you know like as as a human there's all these things that your subconscious read that you don't recognize, like, you know, consciously, that give you information. I guess, I mean, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, nothing beats having this proximity and having this, you know, direct face-to-face relationship. And, you know, everyone knows is super important. That's why, like, you know, people spend all this money on expensive rent here in the city. You know, when you go to a realtor's office, they would draw a circle that says, okay, this is the 15, you know, minutes walk from your apartment. You know, there's all these cool things. That's why you're paying $6,000 a month on this office. You know, so now, you know, 15 miles radius for me covers the entirety of of Manhattan. So that is a very different thing. Like, you know, imagine... There's no way to see the city other than like on one of these things. Right. It's, it, side note too, like because I'm tempted to ride very fast all the time because it's fun. To, I like to say I'm microdosing adrenaline. <laughs> um, when I had to do a review of the V8F, I literally could not go that fast. It was kind of nice, like not nice that I was going so slow, but nice that like I was like, oh, I actually can like take some of this in like I used to. You can still obviously choose to ride slower, but. Like I said, it's there's nothing better than people I know who've lived here their like whole life or like, I don't know, 10, 20 years who have never been certain places or never even like looked up and seen a certain thing, maybe within their five mile radius of their apartment that like this sort of like opens you up to see all that stuff. It's like, you know, I have written like I, I like. Yes, they can, you know, these wheels could do 45 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour. But the thing that's most incredible about these wheels is the fact that they can do that, but they can also do two miles an hour behind somebody. Like, I can ride at a walking pace behind another person on a sidewalk and not feel out of place. Mm -hmm. Like and like and that it's that social like kind of interaction between people that you can immediately tell if you try to ride even an electric bike right down the sidewalk, if there's Everyone a mom with a baby carriage, and you can look at her right in the eye, you can see exactly what where, where you are 
in terms of like you know what what, what it is that you are the the threat level that you pose. Yeah, you're you're a nuisance for sure. On an EUC, you are significantly lower on that you know on that on that chart, and people like you know they they can recognize the thing is like I think they can tell how much you are in control of an electric unicycle without knowing anything about it. Yeah, they can see your body move like. I guess the guys in my building now know that I have this stuff, but I I can like speed down the sidewalk on my block to get to my apartment, and like no one bats an eye. Right? Like, no one's like, whoa! Ah. This is <laughs> no like the, curi- the most interesting, right? Like, road rage, road rage exists not because people are you know dicks to one another, mm-hmm. but because they can't because the body language does not translate through a car. The only way for you to signal is by pressing your horn, and so it's 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 either zero or one. Either you're driving and not saying anything, or you're telling people to get the f out of your way. So there is no like, there's no in between. There's no body yeah. language. There's no. How come no one has created like a nice horn, like a hey, no offense, but the light is green. <laughs> you know where there are definitely in this city. There's like a yo a lot of offense. Get your ass in gear. The light is green. <laughs> Someone literally, I remember seeing an experiment where they literally try to put like an eye with an eyelash in, instead of the headlight in front of cars. You know, but the, the problem is that, again, like you inside this box, people don't see you. Right. So as a result, like you're the car. Like there, there's no social sure. interaction versus, you know, even like even if you're on a like a like a motorcycle the motorcycle is so large as a machine and you're so kind of like integrate into it you're not like acting like a human being Mm -hmm. versus like when you're on an euc right both of your hands are free and this is incredibly important because we you know we express we interact with the world with our hands right and when you have both of your hands free you're kind of like a human Versus you, you know, with a with your hands on a pair of like, you know, like a, like a handlebar, right. you're part of the machine. Yeah, it's it's fascinating how that works. So you think in the future though, it'll be much more acceptable. I think it would be. I think not only would it be much more acceptable, but you know, if we're lucky enough for for that one magical product to really kind of convince the public at large, I think you know, I would go back to the original segue thing, and I would say that. This is a thing that would really like reshape the world, you know, would really reshape the world for for, you know, for what is possible. Because, you know, I like I still remember like, you know, watching like the original Blade Runner and like the guy like open up his window and there's that there's that, you know, ramen shop, the floating ramen shop that just came to in front of his window and the guy just like you know made a thing for him and he just grabbed it from his window and i'm just like the technology involved is magical but i want that connection like i don't want a bowl of ramen to be to arrive like via a robot in a box i want the guy to come here and, and make the ramen in front of me because that is really what makes that like magical. Sure. <laughs> um, all right. Well, is there any, just to kind of wrap it up here, is there any unicycles you're looking forward to that 
I don't want to give any secrets away. We shouldn't, is what I'm saying. But is there anything <laughs> what are is you there, no, no, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm sure you and I have insider info that we shouldn't dispel. I'm not, You're I'm not encouraging. You're the worst secret keeper. No, 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 I'm not encouraging. I'm saying I'm not encouraging you to dispel secrets. I'm saying, are there any unicyclists you're looking forward to riding or testing out in the near future for yourself that, I, that, that already exist? <laughs> no, no, I'm not suggesting. I think it's really exciting time. I think it's really like, the thing that excites me the most is just that, after this year, like the expectation had changed, like like the expectation, like behind every single company, like had changed, like because they, of because of what happened, because of what happened to not just not just veteran, but every single company, like people who put a pre order in for a V eleven in June is just getting it now, six months later. That's that's rough. Like, and that is someone who have who is willing to put like a thousand dollar down or whatever, and they're willing to wait that long. Imagine the amount of sales that they could have gotten if that wheels was ready to ship from the day that they announced it. Yeah, I don't want to go too far down the track, but are, are they not sort of like using those pre-orders to help finance the wheels a little bit too? But regardless of that, maybe, maybe not. I don't but know. Still, but the six but months still, it's just like the fact that it took them. But but what I'm saying is that so they everyone came into this year with high expectation because they knew like you know like Emotion worked on the V11 for two years. They had been working on this, so they they knew they're like this is going to be a runaway success. We're going to sell a lot of this, and we and the amount of interest is still so far beyond what they have expected that they weren't even close to be able to keep up. Right. And that blew them out of water. But that, by comparison to what veteran is even... So you have like every single company have far exceeded their expectation. And then you have one more who just like, just basically like a nuclear explosion. Right. So it's just like now they can... They know that the expectation and the level and everything is just the next level. So they know that this is, you know, the, the, the game is on. They know that if they can achieve, you know, they, they, they not only could match and fill the level of interest from prior year, but they may, if they're good enough, they may get to the veteran, you know, runaway smash home run. Right. That's also a possibility. Well, here's hoping that they all have a runaway success because that's great for us, right? And if you're listening, any of you manufacturers, we really wish your QC was a little bit better. <laughs> but aside from that, yeah, I think that it would be really great for all of us if all of these companies had a runaway success like that because then the pressure would be on for them to really perform and, and bring something to market that's spectacular and worth the scent, right? Like my last video on the Monster was, you know, for all of the you know, different uh, mixed reviews out there of it. Basically, it was I was trying to figure out, is this thing worth the money? It's the most expensive EUC on the market now. Like, is it worth the money? It's not, for me, it wasn't a bad wheel, but I don't I don't know if it's worth the, my conclusion was, I, I don't think it is. For some people, they will buy it, and that's fine. Like I said, it's not a bad wheel, but I think with all of these, it needs to be 
you need to see the value, right? Like there needs to be real inherent. The veteran nailed it clearly because people who wanted it as their first EUC, the, think about that. The, the first EUC they ever bought, they bought a veteran, which cost $2,800 roughly if you buy from a dealer. So like that's clearly we, they saw the value. So I think that's what we need for all of these moving forward is that there needs to be a lot of value in it. We do find for what it's worth a lot now, you know, for a Every wheel that I've purchased, clearly I found value in it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, I think you have a very good, hopeful view of the future. I think I basically share that with you. I don't think I disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this has been a very intriguing, historical conversation. <laughs> no, in a good, great way, because I think it's uh-huh. like cool to hear sort of the history of it. And uh, hopefully Shane Chen will chill out uh, in the future. And, and anyone who has their hands on that uh, patent... I think the more it gets sort of liberalized, the better it is for all of us. I, I really, you know, I, I'm very hopeful. And I, again, like, you know, my hope is that more, you know, the companies will improve and that more people will get, get involved. And still, like a part of me still wish that, you know, like a larger company would become interested because, yes, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of challenges but if there's concerted, if there's clear thoughts behind it, it could be overcome. Like someone could, you know, it's like, like, again, like the MP3, like there's yeah. ways to work around it, you know, and, and, and what we, what would really kind of really blow everything up is that if someone really found a, a good, reasonable um, solution that actually fits, you know, that actually makes sense to everybody. So. All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll have you on again, I'm sure, at some point. Thank you. Thank you. I I like this. This is fun. I appreciate it. All right. See you guys on the next one. Bye.